Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Don't worry. He's got it. Don't worry. He's got it. Now I'm going to read you a story. We're continuing on with the story of Elijah. Last week we talked about Elijah being fed by the ravens. And he was at a brook, and the, the brook dried up, and then God told him to move on. And that's where we're picking up with our story of Elijah the prophet, all right? So let's start with verse 8, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. And don't, don't, somebody say, don't worry. He's got it. That's right. Praise God. So let's see what we can learn from this today. There's timeless truths in God's Word Everything is to build faith in God and what he can do for you, what he can do for your family and the people around you. God is still God. Somebody say amen. He hasn't changed a bit since this time. He's amazing, and we're getting better as time proceeds with his help. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath. So the brook has just dried up. The ravens have stopped feeding him meat and bread. Near the city of Sidon, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Let's leave it. On that, If you don't mind, let's go back to that verse just for a moment. I want you to meditate on that a minute. There are two stories in one this morning. I'm going to read the whole story, which includes two, about the widow in Zarephath. She's a widow with a son. Okay, I'm going to read you both stories, but then I'm going to focus on the first 16 verses for today's text. The text, I mean for today's points, the points actually relate to both stories. I'm going to focus on the first story within this I don't know, double story, all right, double story. So that's what we're doing today. Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. God's already doing it again. He's sending, sending him, and you know it's going to take a miracle because there's a widow in a famine here, and the widow has a child, all right? So let's go to the next verse. Check this out. Verse 10. So he went to Zarephath. He obeyed the Lord. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. That's a sad picture, isn't it? And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water and a cup? Look how this prophet works. It's kind of interesting. You can see his personality a little bit in here. He says, would you bring me a little bit of water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her. And Micah, while you're at it, would you bring me a bite of bread too? While you get it, you already set her faith in motion. She's like, I don't know if he did this on purpose. She's like, I got some water I can get in a cup. And he says, yeah, and while you're getting me the water in a cup, would you give me a bite of bread? She says, I swear by the Lord your God. Somehow she knew he was a prophet of God. I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. You ever felt like that? Let's go to the next verse. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Can you imagine? I was just, we're going to cook this, and we're going to eat this, and we're going to die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Scholars tell us that it says that in the Bible over th well over 300 times. God says, fear not. Go ahead and do what you've just said, but make a little bread for me first. What is he doing? God already spoke to him, so now it's a test of this lady's faith. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. 
For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. God's always going to give you enough for right now until the time of the rain comes again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. It could have been years. We know that it went three years, no rain in Israel in that area. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Let's keep reading now. This story gets a little crazy here. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. God had already been providing and working miracles. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, Oh, man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sin and kill my son? It's crazy. People default to God, huh? And his people say, Why did you do this to me? Well, what about the devil, right? What about just life? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. That was his response to the accusation of, What did you come to do to me? He said, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to where? The room where he was staying, and he laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God. <laughs> Even the prophet back then, see, they didn't have the re revealed wisdom that we have through the New Testament. Even the prophet back then said, Oh, Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow? What he meant was, in the per permissive sense, why have you allowed it to happen? Why have you allowed this tragedy to happen to this widow? She's opened her home to me, and now you've caused, basically caused her son to die. You've allowed it. And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. I'm praying that areas of your life that have died, the life is returning to those areas in your life today. You say, man, it's impossible. Huh? We'll get there. We'll handle that in a minute. I'm glad you thought it was impossible because God's going to take care of it. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Your dream is alive. Your hope is alive. Your future is still alive. What God has promised you is still alive. I love what the Old Testament says. God, speaking of himself, he says, Is the arm of the Lord shortened that it cannot save? You guys ever see Toy Story? That, what's that little T-Rex? And he's kind of funny, and his teeth look funny. He's just kind of like, oh, I hate confrontation. You know, he's a silly little guy. And he's got real short arms. That is not the God you serve. So I can't, hey, would you pick that up for me? I can't reach it. No. The Lord says, is the arm of the Lord shortened that it cannot save? I don't care where you are or where you've been or where you think you're headed, God can always save. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God. Even after the miracle of all the food, she said this, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly what? Speaks through you. Let's pray again. Father, we thank you for your word. It's already blessed and anointed, God, because you wrote it as inspired by the Holy Spirit through your people over the centuries. We thank you now for every book in this precious Bible, this manual for life, this manual for eternity. And Lord, I thank you that your word is falling on good ground in the hearts. Remove every veil from the eyes of every person in this house so that they can see and hear and understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at my first point today. 
God works in the impossible. Let me add to that. Let me highlight that. Let me emphasize that a little better now. God doesn't just work in the impossible. God specializes in the impossible. You say, man, why is God doing it this way? Because it'd be too easy otherwise, and you could take credit for it. See, I did that by my strength. Look at that, that muscle right there. My arm's strong, too. I, I did it. I worked. I did that by my own power and my own strength. No, God allows you to go through situations that look impossible so that he can receive glory because that's where he works. He told the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. They say, well, I thought grace was just God's mercy. No, grace is undeserved favor. Or grace is also God's power for you to do something, his empowerment for you to be able to do something. And God works in the impossible, and he uses people to do it. And sometimes you say, man, I don't know how he did that. I don't know how. Let's look back through the Old Testament into the New Testament. The Red Sea. God had just delivered the people of Israel from Egypt with a mighty hand, brought plagues on all the gods of Egypt, and dealt with the folks over there. And then he parted the Red Sea. He fed the Israelites for 40 years in the desert. You ever been to the desert? You say, man, Hobbs is a desert. No, we visited Israel a few years ago. And there's some places that it, to me, you know, this area, it just looked like caliche to me. You know how caliche is? That yellow hard dirt and there's just nothing grows on it, just rocks and wind and dust. That's how it was out in the desert where they were. There's nothing out there. And God provided for his people 40 years in the desert. He's always worked and specialized in the impossible. How about Mary? The Lord showed up, sent an angel, and said, you're going to conceive and bear a son. She's like, how? I'm not in a relationship like that. He said, yeah, and you're going to name him Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sin. God is always working in the impossible. He brought dad back from war without a scratch on his body. He brought you through some trials. I, I'm going to say this. Many of you don't know this. When Pastor Jen was, was a child, I don't know if she was two or three, she and her mom and her grandma, they call her Grandma Mama. She's still around, and she is a woman of God. They were in a rollover. Their vehicle rolled over. And I think Jen's only memory is, Mama, you're heavy. Get off me. She's a little bitty girl. But that's a, that's a miracle. Three of my favorite women ever were in a vehicle to, together, and the enemy tried to wipe them out. I think they hydroplaned over water and rolled there's been other impossible things in your life, things you've survived that I don't even know about. Surgeries that you were like, I shouldn't have made it through that. Car wrecks that you walked away from. Things that happen and you've forgotten, but God has always specialized in the impossible, even in your life. You say, he's, he, I know he's the God of the Bible. Yeah, but he's the God of you and you and you and you. Scripture always says, love the Lord, your God. Your God. Your relationship with God is your responsibility, and it's between you and him. And we're here to help with that, but it always comes down to you and God. One day I will stand before God, and it won't be mom and dad there with me going, come on, Lord, let him into heaven, man. He did great. He's a good kid. It's not going to be my wife going, he was a great husband. No, it's going to be my relationship with my Lord, your relationship with your Lord, and that's where he specializes in the impossible. Just let him work. Many times we tie God's hands because we just won't believe. I'm going to get into another point that's going to tie into that here in a little bit. But look at verse, verse 8 and 9 again. Verse 8 and 9 of that same text. 
the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. He's just been fed by the ravens and by a brook. That dried up and stopped. And he says, now I've instructed a widow there to feed you. (laughs) One impossible thing to the next. God is amazing. Let me tell you something. Let me testify. We just had first fruits, right? Now, I don't have the big overt miracle for you yet. I don't. We're waiting for that. But I know this. We gave more than we have ever given. It was just within our budget with what the money we had that was coming in. Just within our budget, and it was a miracle we were even able to give that. And guess what? Our budget has continued exactly like we didn't even give that money. And that money, that, that could have paid a lot of stuff. But we gave, and here's the miracle that's going on in our life right now. We gave, and God's blessing us here and there. We even got an escrow notice that said, oh, we recalculated recal- your mortgage again. Your mortgage payment went down, and here's some money. Got a little bit. Of, it wasn't big. But it showed up in the mail, and I love that because Pastor Coy has been talking about that for years. I'm like, do they even send check checks in the mail anymore? Yeah, they do. They send them in the mail. We put it in the bank. I'm like, praise God, $114. That took care of something else we needed. And our mortgage payment went down a little bit. I'm telling you. And it's like we, it's like we didn't even give that money because we haven't missed it. God takes care of us. Even in the every day of your life is a miracle. I feel stirred up about it today because we don't even realize. Sometimes we forget the things he's done in the past. We don't realize that right now the way he's providing for us is a small miracle. Small or big, a miracle is a miracle to me. Let's look at that point again. God specializes or works in the impossible. So there was no rainfall. There was a drought. When there's no rain, that's a drought. They're just running out of water and stuff. Drought brings a famine, so there's no food that will grow out there. And then the famine brings hard times, and God said, go to the widow. (laughs) Go to the widow. My second point today, I put so in front of that. That is important because I'm tying in this point to the first point. God specializes in the impossible, so don't be afraid. Natural inclination of humans is to get afraid. Have you been there? Maybe you were there this week. You say, man, Pastor Matt's just reading my mail. He's going to give me a hard time because I was afraid. No. That's why Scripture says it so much. God knows that that's one of our inclinations. You know, even kids are born with fears. Not many, but even newborn babies are scared of loud noises, and they're afraid of falling. We develop the other fears over time. You know, gas bill fear. Electricity bill fear. Bully fear. I'm getting bullied. I'm afraid of the bully. You know, whatever. Weather fear. Some people have that. They're afraid of the weather. Say, man, those clouds look crazy. They're swirling. Welcome to this part of the country, right? It's not usually tornadoes here, but it threatens sometimes. You're like, why are the clouds doing that? There's weather fear. When I was a kid, I had it. We went through it few tough weather storms, and man, my dad said, you're so concerned about the weather, you're going to be a meteorologist someday probably. <laughs> Turned out I just like the weather, but I'm a pastor now. There's always something, let's just say this right, and let's say this real today, there's always something to be afraid of, isn't there? And you know how it is as humans, some folks more than others, but most people said, If there's not something to be afraid of, I'll make something up or I'll put it in a scary movie and scare people with it. Why would people do that? Let's find something to be afraid of. No, God 
He specializes in the impossible, so don't be afraid. Now, here's a word to the wise. Are you struggling with fear in your life? But you've been watching horror movies? You better let those go. That is real prophetic today. Man, Pastor Matt is really wow. No, that's just, that's just common sense. I remember in PE class, a dude gave me some wisdom one time. I think his parents at that time owned Daylight Donuts. I'll never forget the guy. He was nerdy, but he was funny, had the weirdest sense of humor. I was like, oh, my Achilles tendon is hurting. It was in PE one day. It was swollen. It, it was just weird. Tenth grade. I said, oh, and this guy walked up to me. I think his name was James. He said, Matt. I said, yeah. I thought he had some wisdom for me. He said, does it hurt when you do this? I said, yeah. He said, don't do that. You fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you ain't going to fool me again, right? Well, then, then he looks at me and goes, does it hurt when you do this? And I went, yeah. I thought, man, maybe he's studying something in biology or anatomy. He goes, don't do that either. Well, here's the wisdom of God for you today from James in 1991. 91, 92, I think it was 92. Second semester of 10th grade. Here's the wisdom of God. If horror movies scare you, don't watch them. And number two, even if they don't scare you, don't watch them. Horror movies usually have perversion and witchcraft and demonic stuff in them. Let that junk go. And be careful what you're looking at on your phone. Say, man, it's funny. Man, that ain't funny to me. Had, had people here years ago said, man, would you come cast demons out of our house? Went over there, and they had a DVD library. Remember DVDs? Some of y'all still have them. A DVD library of horror flicks. I'm all, well, I feel demons too. Let's light these DVD on fire, you know? No wonder it's dark in here and cold and crazy. God specializes in the impossible, so don't be afraid. It's tough. It's bad. I don't know. I'm not okay. Yeah, but he's, he's got the whole world. Remember that song? In his hands, he's got the, he's still got you, man. He's still got you. You say, God's not in control of everything. Well, he's relinquished control in some areas because people don't want him. But if you've given or surrendered control of your life to him in that area, in all areas, he's in control of your life then. Look at verse 13 and 14. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've just said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Don't you dare be afraid. Look at verse 3. I like this one. I like this point now. Obey his word despite the odds. You see what that little widow woman did? I bet she was like this looking at him, raising her eyebrows. But at the same time, by her own confession, by her own words, she said, I've just got a little bit of olive oil here and a little bit of, of flour, and we're going to eat our last meal and die. So God gave her hope by saying, hey, take care of this prophet. And the prophet said to her, you're going to always have enough. 
Obey his word despite the odds. You don't look at the political climate to obey God's word. You don't look at how you're feeling to obey God's word. You don't look at, at your parents or your ancestors or what they did or what anybody else is doing. You obey God's word despite the odds. Because the odds in your life might right now may seem greater than the odds in my life. Say, what are the odds? Say, man, I don't know if there's hope. I don't know. The chance is small, man. Yeah, but I like what, I, what was it Jim Carrey, that bonehead, said of that movie? One in a million, he said, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> That's right. There's always a chance. Say, I have hope. I feel like it's a fool's hope. No, hope is hope is hope is hope. Without hope, you can't have faith. Obey his word despite the odds. God was speaking to us about giving that gift. We already settled on a number, and we thought, oh, that's pretty good. That's, and, and in my mind, I was going, that's 100 more than last year. That's good, God. You're going to bless us, man. And we were sitting there, and God spoke to me while Pastor Quo was speaking for the first fruits offering. And we'd already topped giving that. I don't think we've ever given that much. I don't think. I don't recall. But it was 100 more than last year. And then the Lord said, well, the man of God was speaking and said, give another 300. And I went, if you will tell Jen the same as. <laughs> I promise. I was sitting right there. I was going to say, ask Jen, but she couldn't, she couldn't hear what was going on. The Lord said, give another 300. And I didn't argue with him. I didn't argue. I w I'm a good son that way. I just said. I said, Lord, if you will confirm your, your word with, the, with Jen, she has a prophetic anointing on her life, tell her too. You know how kids are? Well, tell them. Did you ever do that? You still do it, huh? Well, tell them too. I used to tell mom and dad that. Hey, you, get out, you better get out of there. I'm all, dad will tell them. Dad's all, no, you tell them. That's all right. Train one of you up. Go on. It's like multi-level marketing. You go get them. Go tell them. So I was like, Lord, if you'll tell Jen, that's exactly what we'll give. And Jen, in her sweet way, she looks over at me and she goes, is God telling you anything? I go, the number he's given me is, is 300. And she goes, that's what he told me. It went something like that, didn't You told him to tell me? <laughs> now the truth is all out up in here. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. And I, I didn't argue with God like, oh, man, that 300, I mean, that, how many bags of dog food is that? You know, I didn't calculate that, which I think that's about five. <laughs> but I, I didn't start calculating. All I said was, Lord, tell her, and then I'll know that it's you speaking to me. And then she's going, Lord, tell Matt. And we looked at each other, and one of us, I thought it was me. I, after she asked, I said, I, it's 300. She goes, that's what God told me. And she's already doing text to give. I was like, oh, praise God. Done. Obey his word despite the odds, despite the circumstances, despite what it looks like. <laughs> despite what, it's, what it looks like. But it doesn't, you know how we are, but it doesn't feel like dot, dot, dot. Oh, but I don't feel like dot, dot. Me neither sometimes. Believe and do it. If you believe God, you'll obey him. And I know Scripture has apparent contradictions because you say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And God works in those seeming contradictions because you say, God, this is all I have. And he says, don't worry, meet me at this point, I'll do the rest. 
Meet me right here, and I'll take you on a journey, and we'll finish the rest of this. So I, Lord, I believe. I'm going to just do what you said. Well, praise God. Somebody say, I believe. Somebody say, I'm going to obey his word despite the odds. That's right. Hey, no matter what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, what it smells like, just, man, obey him. Obey him. I like this point, too. I liked all the points today. Number four, he's already working it out. Matthew 6, 8 says, in the words of Jesus himself, you can put it on the screen if you want. I didn't put that in the lineup. Matthew 6, 8 says, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Thank you. That was fast. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Ephesians 3 said, my God was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Has God ever blessed you with a vehicle or something? You said, man, this is better than I even imagined. God blessed me with a, a used vehicle in, um, in 2018. And I'd, I'd never had that before, you know, but there were volume controls on the steering wheel for this vehicle. I, was, I thought, man, I've really been in the dark ages. So I'd be listening to stuff now, and while I'm turning the wheel, I've gotten so good at it, I'm turning the wheel, and I'm not on my phone but I'm turning the wheel. That was a message for somebody. Don't be texting and driving. I'm turning the wheel, and I even know I keep track of it in my mind as I'm turning, and I'm like, I can still change tracks while I'm turning the wheel, and I'm like. I don't like that song. Let me go to the next song. Bluetooth. Before, I thought I was advanced when I had a cable from the vehicle that went into the car, right? Remember those days? I said, man, this is amazing. That's nothing, though, Johnny. Remember in the 90s, we got CD players, and I'd rig them in the car, and you put the tape thing in there and adapt it to your CD player? Y'all never had to do that. Let's take you back further. You say, it's a miracle now that we have repeat. You know why? Back in the day with 8-tracks, who, who in here remembers 8-tracks? You had to drive around a while if you wanted to hear the song again, huh? There's no repeat. You just keep driving. And then you take it out of your car and you go, I didn't get to that song. I was going to run out of gas. So you put it in your 8-track player at home. And those things were always melting in the sun. But you, you put it at home and you keep listening until it gets to your song again. And you couldn't even rewind it. Some of those. I don't know. They, they got advanced. Maybe you could. But 8-tracks. I'm so glad those went away. Your God is already working it out. Some of you in here are believing for some stuff. You're going to believe God for physical things. You need to make sure you're giving to his kingdom. It do, he doesn't just show up. He said, man, I, I want that. I haven't sown any seed. Well, if there's no seed in the ground, nothing grows, right? So put seed in the ground. Give to his kingdom. Tithe, offering, first fruits. You give to God and give to others, okay? But I want you to know right now he's already working it out. Look at verse 9 real quick. Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. He already had it taken care of long before Elijah ever got there. I've instructed a widow. And we didn't hear the dialogue with Elijah and God because, you, you know, if we were Elijah, like, oh, you're not just going to send me to the Holiday Inn Express with, uh, with full room service and all that? No, a widow. She's scratching around looking for stuff. It's just her and her son. But God has already taken care of it in his way. Someone say in his way. Uh huh. Many times we have in our mind, here's how God's going to do it. No, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't always look just like that. So check this out. 
He's already working it out. Verse 16. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. See, your situation, you've asked God about it. In the spirit realm, it's already done. This is not a teaching I came up with. This is wiser people that have come before me have taught this, but this this is how it is. It's already happened in the spirit realm. Your healing is already in the spirit realm. The answer to your prayer, it's already done in the spirit realm. Sometimes it takes a while in the physical to manifest. You say, man, but I feel terrible. But I've asked for God to take care of this, and it's still there. It's, this is crazy. I can't, how, how do I keep do, going with this? And I need God to work a miracle in him or them or this or that. And God says, I've already done it. Just take time. When you sow a seed, when you pray, it takes a while for something to grow, doesn't it? And I know. There are times in your seasons with God where you say, man, I pray. when I first came to God, I sought him, and it happened the next day. Quick example, and we're going to close. We're going to pray together. I have a baby niece. Her name is Camila Barbara. Beautiful doll. She's pretty in person. She's pretty in pictures. She's just lovely. She's just a beautiful baby. Right now, when she cries, there's always someone that's right there to get her. My brother. My little sister, Vali, she cries, they get her. Now, there's some things they, they're already letting her work out. She'll cry a little bit, and then she'll fall asleep sometimes because she just likes people. She wants to be around the action. Well, as she gets older, guess what? Mom and dad aren't going to hand her everything and do everything that she needs right then, are they? They're going to go, you do it. And at some point, she'll be eating, and she's going to be flinging food and stuff. But she's got to learn how to do it. It'd be real odd if I'd go, I'd like, Dad, I'm, in my, I'm, I'm pushing my mid-40s. Dad, I'm coming over to your house so you can feed me today. Get my high chair ready. <laughs> Y'all are having a picture of that. You're like, that dude, he's even bald and has a beard and stuff. Dad, I'll be right over. It's feeding time. It's time for papas. <laughs> Y'all would go, oh, my gosh. He's not... He's not okay. (laughs) My point is this. When you first come to know the Lord, he's right there for everything. Right off, right off, right off. Boom. Oh, yes, you need that. I'm taking care. It's the honeymoon season. Then you get older in God and you start to grow up and God goes, I'm with you, but now you've got to press in and believe me a few weeks, a few months. Now you're growing up spiritually. Does that make any sense? It's not like when you were a toddler, huh? I want that right now. He's like, wait a while. Wait a while. I'm taking care of it. I'm on it. He's already working it out. The God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God is on your side. He is living in you now if you've accepted Jesus, and he is for you. He's with you. He is for you, and he lives within you. Don't you ever forget that. Your God is faithful. And don't worry. He's got it. He specializes in the impossible, so don't be afraid. Obey his word despite the odds because he's already working it out. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. At the sound of my voice today, is there anybody in this house? You say, Pastor Matt, you don't know the details. You don't know what's going on. And I know I don't. But I do know this. God loves you eternally. His plan for you has not changed. Even if you say, man, I've missed it. 
Let's start with this. Is there anybody in the house who says, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you as a family. And number two, all right, praise God. There's some hands going up. Praise God. God bless you. Number two, you say, I just need to get right with God. I've accepted Jesus, but I need to make peace with God. It's been crazy, Pastor. You don't even know. I don't have to know. God does, and he's with you. You say, I need to get right with God. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Hands in this house. God bless you for your courage. God sees you. He sees you today. Bless the name of the Lord. Let's pray together. Repeat this prayer with me today. Everybody in the south, say, Heavenly Father, I come back to you. I feel like I left, but you are always right with me. Forgive me, Lord. I cry out for your forgiveness. And with, with the forgiveness, God, help me to change. I will not apologize unless I plan to change. And I so need your help. Say it again. Say, I so need your help for change. I can't do it without you. But as always, I believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe he died and rose again. And he is my Lord by faith. I confess that. Now save me. Make me right with you. Heal me and deliver me. I am yours and I always will be. All because of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look up at me now. You say, this situation I'm in is impossible. The situation I'm looking at is impossible. You say, I've, I'm in a situation right now that feels impossible to me. Would you raise your hand? Go ahead. Raise your hand. Say, I need a miracle. Hey, I'm with you. We're going to pray for that too. Go ahead and stand to your feet, everybody in this house. There were plenty of hands on that one. I've been there, and God just takes care of it. I don't know how he does it, but he's God. Let's close our eyes, and let's all agree together. I'm going to pray for you today. And you agree. You speak to God as well. Father, you know the needs of every person in this house. But according to Mark 9, 23, if we pray and believe all things are possible. Anything is possible with you, God. Anything and all things. Now, we believe today, we agree, God, as a church family, that all these needs, even these seemingly impossible things, God, you are taking care of them one at a time. You're dealing with these things. You are God. It is nothing for you to take care of this. Now, we trust you. We believe you. All of our hope and faith and trust is in you, Almighty God. You have never changed and you never will. You're the same God that parted the Red Sea and gave the news to Mary and rescued David from Goliath. You are the same God, and we believe you today. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Now, just for a moment, everybody in the house, raise your hands. Just begin to praise him. Praise him for the answers. Go ahead. Just tell him. Just say, Lord, thank you. Just go ahead and start thanking him. Say, thank you, Father. It's on the way. Thank you, God. It's on the way. Just thank him. Say, God, it's on the way, and I believe you. Thank you. According to your word, I'm praying according to your will. I'm praying according to your will, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I know you've heard me. He already heard you. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you what you prayed today. God has already heard, and he's working it out. He's already taken care of it, really, but you'll receive it in the days that are coming soon. Thank you, Father.